First full week of August, the summer heat is here, and that means the musky bite should be picking up. We'll find out if it is from Kevin Cochran, musky guide extraordinaire, plus what turns out to be a theoretical question for the aquatic biologist. It's all coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. Checking in with Kevin Cochran, who apparently is really into fishing these days. You've been uh, putting in the hours, bud. You know, I have been. Uh, we uh, fish late. It's, with this heat, I'm trying to kind of stay out of the heat. So we fished late last night, and then we fished early this morning, so resulting in about three hours of sleep for me. But, I mean, it's kind of a typical summer schedule that I run. <laughs> well, so, it is. Yeah, like, like I said earlier, before we started this, I said if I start babbling, and start, you know, making no sense at all, or, <laughs> you know, just tell me, and then then we can stop, but I'll try my best here. All right. Well, listen, it's uh, it's August now. Um, I'm starting to hear more and more musky reports. Um, what's happening out there? Uh, you know, we had, a, uh, maybe five or six days ago, we had a, a quick cool down, and um, during that time, I mean, even this morning, um, you know, we're putting fish in a boat, and, and um, fishing has been pretty consistent lately. Um, some, some fish with that cool down slid up in the shallower water and we're catching them on, you know, top waters, bucktails, um, just shallow water structure in general. Okay. Um, what lakes have you been fishing mainly? Uh, I've been on Cass a lot. I've been on Bemidji as well. So I just kind of rotate between the two. I have not been on Plantation yet. Um, so I, I can't give you an accurate, uh, um, description of what's going on out there. Okay. Uh, the bigger lakes, they're good. Um, you know, I had a buddy that went out and got some fish on Bemidji last night. We, um, we did not get any fish last night, uh, night before we got a 48, day before that, a 47, day before that, a 52, and so on and so on. So it's been, it's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, where I'm at, Bemidji, um, the and cash. So, uh, you know, and I just kind of rotate between the two and, and, you know, I'm fishing pretty shallow right now, but I anticipate that's going to change with the heat. Um, I think what you're going to see is a lot of the shallow water fish just exiting that shallow water to try to escape that increase in water. Okay. So, um, here in the next week, I would say, um, I mean, even today, our fish this morning came off of, uh, just a, a deeper edge, so I think you're going to see a lot more fish pushing out to that, that deeper water um, with the increase of water temp and, of course, the heat. Right. Now, Cass Lake, we know, uh, has got a lot of zebra mussels in there. It's cleared up the water. We know it's affected uh, kind of when you can walleye fish. Have you noticed it affecting the way you have to uh, uh, fish for muskies as well? 
Oh yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's the zebra mussels or the the rusty crayfish that are in there, but um, Cass Lake, in general terms, the weed growth is, you know, I would, I would say it's down probably as much as ninety percent. So you're just you're not seeing any any weeds out there. Um, so it is for somebody that's not used to that. It's a very hard lake to fish. You know, I'm not. I'm out on the, the big lake. I'm not looking for weeds because there are none. Um, you know, in comparison, when I go to Bemidji, of course, those fish right now are there in the weeds. There's some fish in the break lines. Um, and, and there's there's a lot of spots to fish on, uh, on say, like Lake Bemidji. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, like, uh, I uh, I think that Cass Lake, I think that, that lake in itself, you just have to kind of adapt your tactics and and learn the structure really well that that holds fish. And really, the only thing that you can do to find that is just to go go out there and spend endless hours and and yeah. um, or you know fish with somebody that knows it really well. So, does there seem to be anything in particular the muskies are responding to right now? Um. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag. I, we're getting fish on like bucktails, bucktails and topwaters um, on the edges, and sometimes up shallow. But uh, but you know, just just the typical like Minnesota style um, bucktails. Small. I like small bucktails, and I like uh, slower topwater baits. So you know, and with those two and um, working together, we put. Uh, most of the fish in the boat on either either one of those two baits here in the last week. I know you don't head over there that often because you don't need to, but uh, what are you hearing from guys fishing leech and or man trap? Uh, leech, specifically, one of my buddies, Steve, said that, uh, that there's some fish up shallow right now. Um, you know, and, and him and I talked about it, and, and we kind of uh, agreed that, you know, with this, this heat – they're going to be moving out of that shallow water and if they haven't already and um, starting to stage on the, the deeper breaks. So, um, and, and that's really about all I know okay. on leech. I'm not, uh, I'm not a big leech guy, but, you know, I would say that I would fish it similarly to, uh, to Cass Lake. So. Okay. Um, what are you seeing out there? Uh, anything you're seeing out there that concerns you? Um, you know, just, you know, overall, just the lack of weed beds on Cass Lake itself, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a concern. But, I, I mean, I, I really don't know what can be done about it. Um, Rusty's um, going through all the, in my opinion, I think a lot has to do with the rusty crayfish out there. So there's, uh, there's no pond weed left. And also, much of the big, expansive cabbage beds and Allen's Bay and then also, like, uh, like immediate, Main Lake, Wishbone area, that's that's just non-existent. Or if it's there, it's 20% what it was last year. That's, you know, that's definitely is a concern. Um, but other concerns that, that we've had in previous years, such as water temp, you know, I'm, I'm looking at anywhere from 69 to 70, 70 and a half on cash. So that's not, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Okay. It didn't get too hot right. this year, fortunately. 
It's Kevin Squared as Kev Jackson talks with Kevin Cochran about musky fishing. More musky talk is on the way. If you are not listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we can talk about you and your poor decision-making skills. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Talking musky with one of the best musky guides in the area, or maybe even the nation, Kevin Cochran. What about numbers out there? Are you seeing... Uh solid numbers or people fishing more or less what are you feeling out there um numbers of, of uh, anglers anglers or okay uh you know i've i've seen on cast i've seen maybe a, a little bit of an increase in fishing pressure but you know i think this is kind of like the last push for um the people going up north before their kids start school a lot of schools you know, not in Minnesota. A lot of schools they uh, they start here in the next the next week or two. So um, I am seeing um, more angling pressure on the lakes, and I think they're just kind of getting their last like summer trip in before they uh, go back home and and that sort of thing. But um, you know, Bemidji, there's pressure out there. There's there's always local guys that are out there casting. Um, you know, I would say the pressure on all the area lakes is it's about where it should be. Um, you know, I know other areas of, of fishing itself has gone down considerably like the pan fishermen, the perch fishermen, uh, walleye guys, of course, the, uh, um, that angling pressure has went down, but the musky yeah. still seems to be like hanging right in there and about what it was a few years ago. Okay. And numbers of fish out there. Are you feeling good about that? Um, you know, Cass Lake, just, just specifically looking at Cass, I would say, I would say, yeah, I, we do catch really little fish. We catch, you know, we caught some big fish this year out there. So you're seeing an even size distribution. It does have a higher density than some stock fisheries, such as Bemidji, where it's stocked, uh, at littoral acres, um, and it's, it's stocked, in my opinion, pretty low. So, um, you know, in that case, and I think it grows bigger fish. Um, however, your, uh, your success rate is going to go down as well. Sure. Okay. Um, your, your, your thoughts on the upcoming fall season? I mean, I think fall is when a lot of people realize that's when you really get the big muskies. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I love September. I love fishing in that, that first immediate cold snap. Um, the first two weeks of September is usually lights out. Top water fishing during that time is, of course, awesome. Um, so I, you know, I, that's the time of the year that's, that's coming up that I'm, that I'm really looking forward to. Um, September and, uh, October, uh, we do have turnover typically the first 10 days of, uh, October every year, um, and then post turnover, of course, is it, more break line related, uh, you know, bigger baits, trolling, that sort of thing. Okay. So, and I would assume you're probably pretty booked from here till November thirtieth. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. I've got some dates open in okay. August, uh, okay. the, end, the end of this month. Um, I I'm working right now on a stretch. 
that I started today that I go until the next day that I have off is the 18th. Um, and the 19th, I actually uh, am going to uh, Disney with my nephews and, and my sister and, and her family. So pretty excited about that. That'll be my really my only uh, summer vacation. <laughs> but um, that being said, I do have a handful of trips open uh, at the end of August, uh, some in September, and of course, October and November. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but nothing immediately open for sure. Okay. So. Um, and that, you know that's the, that's an interesting thing about muskie angling is that you will have trips booked all the way through November, just because that is such a great time to catch muskies. Whereas for other other it species, is. it might be a little tougher for those those guides to get clients. Sure. Yeah, and muskie guys, as you know, are kind of a, a different breed altogether. <laughs> um, they're the the crazies that'll sit out there when it's when it's fifteen degrees above zero in a boat, and be switching out their their rods and reels because the ones they're using they're freezing. So, you know, that's kind of the mentality of muskie guys. They uh, they go pretty hard when they do. And fortunately, I kind of fill that niche market up here where I'm really one of the only guides. Well, I think I am the only guide that just does specifically muskie. So. Um, yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty busy, fortunately. <laughs> and we don't. And I know that. And this is what I'm always told: you won't get it till you catch one. Sure, right. Yeah, <laughs> but once you catch one, then that's true. A lot of people are. That's it. They're hooked. It's over. They're hooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, their life is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if if people so. want to give it a shot this fall. Uh, the best way to do is go through your website, or how's the best way to get booked? Uh, yeah, yeah, go, and I have all the current information, like pictures, videos, on my um, my Facebook, Instagram page. But, um, but yeah, my website, kevincochranguide.com. Um, my uh, phone number, 507-456-9023. All right. That's how they can get hold of me. All right. Well, Kevin, thanks for your time today, and have fun at Disneyland. Perfect. Thanks, Kevin. Coming up, time to ask the aquatic biologist. We need to preface this week's question. Dr. Andrew Hapes from Bemidji State University gets a lot of his questions from his students in his ichthyology class. So these questions were posed last winter. And as you might recall last winter, there was talk that the Eel Pout Festival might move from Leech Lake to Lake Bemidji. Well, ultimately, it didn't. It stayed at Leech Lake, and it is going to stay at Leech Lake. So this makes the question a hypothetical one. But it is one worth pondering. How would the Eel Pop Festival affect Lake Bemidji? We will tackle that next. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Once again, time to ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes from Bemidji State University. Another tough question. This is another one that came from one of your students, and it's a, it's a good one. Uh, it was definitely a topic of discussion this past winter. First of all, I didn't know there were eel pout in Lake Bemidji. That's number <laughs> one. But how would moving the eel pout fest to Lake Bemidji affect that lake? Well, I think the big issue here is that we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know... One of the big issues down there on Leech Lake was the garbage, right? And so that's a concern. There had there were 
there had better be a, a very good plan in place on how to deal with the actual garbage because there's a lot of people on the lake there at that time. And uh, Lake Bemidji is a lot smaller system than Leech Lake is, so it wouldn't. I'm not saying it's good to put garbage in Leech Lake either, but it can handle it better than Bemidji can just because of the scale of the things. Yeah. In regards to the fish populations, uh, there's not a lot known about burbot, right? And Leech Lake is a lot larger than Bemidji again, so it'd be possible that uh, if it was a catch-and-kill type tournament or if people were eating a lot of bur- burbot during that day, we could wipe out the population in one weekend, right? We just don't know. So one other concern, too, is if people are transporting burbot back and forth between systems, you can change the genetics of the population, too. So we have burbot in Bemidji. People like to fish for them. Grassy Island's a popular place there in the, in the spring when the ice is still on, right? Mm-hmm. My students love them. Uh, they're always doing little mini studies on them. And we're learning more about them, but we just don't know enough right now on how burbot are influencing the ecosystem uh, to allow something like this to occur. And so that's kind of my message is that we need a proactive approach to the environment now where before you say yes to something, you better know it's not going to impact the system. Instead of saying, I'm going to say yes until you show me it's not going to hurt the system, right? Right. We're in an age now where we should be smart enough to have the proactive approach well i i don't think i mean we've seen plenty of people out ice angling on lake bemidji but never a volume that intense you know at one time that 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 lake does for the eel pot fest right that's i mean it's insane i was down there one year for it it's and i've never seen anything like it (laughs) so uh, the lake is it might be large enough to hold it but that's the key word, might, and I'm not willing to risk Lake Bemidji for that. How would one go about making that determination? What are the studies you would have to do? Yeah, we'd have to have a, and that's one of the issues is that burbot are difficult to sample, right? But we'd have to have a, you know, try to figure out how many burbot there are in Lake Bemidji and what they're eating, and that would give us a better picture on what would happen if they were gone. Right, and yeah. how that could potentially change the walleye fishing or the perch fishing or everything else in the system. So there's just there's not enough information at this time, and it's probably going to be a while before there is enough information. It's just the way things go. Yeah. So. Well, it, it did stay on Leech Lake at least for a year, and I think my vibe is that's where they're planning to keep it. Uh, but again, I had I had not even been aware that there were burbot or eel pout on Lake Bemidji, but since then, I've talked to more and more people that, that actually do go fishing on Lake Bemidji and a few other lakes and, and actually love them, that they're delicious. Freshwater cod. Yeah. <laughs> it does have a substantially different texture than walleye, and they're, they're tasty. If you can get past the, uh, the filleting portion of them, right? And, <laughs> but the, the meat is very high quality on them. Well, Andy, appreciate your input on this. Uh, again, yeah, it's kind of an, it's an what did they say back in the uh, Iraq war days? It, it's a known unknown. <laughs> Thanks for your time. You bet. Thank you. Fish tail, barn yield, country, country. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to twenty-six thousand dollars per employee. 
And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.